Hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's me and us again. Look, here we are. It's July. Where the fuck is the summer going? It's gone. The summer's practically fucking over. <sighs> depressed. I'm a little bit depressed. I'm drinking a uh, Mott's Clamato Caesar with bacon-flavored vodka. And uh, let me try another sip. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. It's spicy. It's bacony. It inspired me to make my own bacon-flavored vodka. And I was, like, musing about whether or not I'm a hipster now or I'm just fat. Because I have to have pork fat in everything I consume, apparently. So, eh, you do the math on that one. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure how I feel about it. But, uh... Anyway, I don't really have a plan for this. I just have two segments from two lovely people that I need to get out. So I thought, eh, whatever, why not? But I did have, I did have a cold a couple weeks ago, and I it was one of those colds where like you completely can't breathe out of your nose, like you're just completely stuffed up. And I thought about it, and it made me feel sorry for gay men and straight women because like. I guess you can't, like, I could not eat a pussy with that stuffed up nose. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. It was not going to happen. And yes, it's exactly two minutes and I already started with the pussy stuff. But really, you can't do it. And then I thought, fuck, like, what if you had to give a Hummer if you had a stuffed up nose? Ugh. Like, that way, oh my god. Like, if he, if he deep throats you, you'd have no ability to breathe any air whatsoever. But I guess that would cut off your, your, your entire windpipe, really, if you're, anyway, that's gross. Okay. I'm good. I don't know what the point of that was. I'm tempted to start over, but I'm way too lazy for that. So I thought I would tell you about maybe another awkward situation, much like this one, except the difference being I had to actually look someone in the face. And uh, okay, let me just set the scene for you guys. It's hot, 38 degrees-ish. And we had to do something with the boy because uh, it's just an afternoon. We got to get the fuck out of the house because he just gets like stir crazy, just like the rest of us. And he spent pretty much most of the winter indoors. So we had to get out. So we decided to head to Target, which used to be Zeller's, which used to be Wilco. So we get to Target and we're dicking around, looking around. And Sarah's like, oh my God. And I thought, what? <laughs> like, who are we hiding from? I know that. Oh my God. We've been together eight years now. And I know that. Oh my God. And she's like, the doula. What? The doula? She's down that aisle. Didn't you hear her tell her kids she's got two minutes? He's got two minutes? And I was like, oh, oh my God. And then I kind of had flashbacks to all, all that she had seen. Like, okay, I guess if you don't know what a doula is, it's not a midwife. It's a woman who you basically pay to uh, be an emotional support and be nice to you while you're giving birth. Which is, I, you know what? That was the best 500 bucks I've ever spent. And I did the math. I think she was there with us for 24 hours. Or was it more? I can't remember. Anyway, I did the math and it, she ended up making like 20 bucks an hour. That's not enough. That is not, that is not nearly enough. But I guess some women give birth in five hours and, well, I was in labor. I don't know what you count as labor, but it was like 40 something hours total, I think, from like, like the first intense contractions to the point where they just said, she's going to die, cut her open, somewhere in there. Like she wasn't there the whole time, but she was there. And uh, she looked in the eye of the beast. Yeah, she saw my vagina. So 
Uh, Sarah's like, we gotta get the hell out of here. And of course we were in the toy section and Malcolm had stumbled upon the Thomas stuff fucking miraculously. And like, I don't get how he sees what, what the fuck the difference is between all the characters. Like there's three blue ones with ra- like they all have round faces and I kind of have like that weird thing that people in the south get like the Denzel thing where they can't all the black men look the same they all look like fucking Denzel to them all these Thomases look like Thomas to me I don't know if that's racist or not I feel like it could be but I can't fucking tell the difference they're all Denzel to me they're all fucking Denzel I don't get it anyway so he could like if you want to know the difference between any of the trains and whether they're narrow gauge or regular gauge engines like he knows everything about thomas everything it's just fucking sickening right so we're at thomas and now i've got to drag him away because we're hiding from the doula and i think i have more to hide from than sarah does because i was the one with my legs up in the air i was the one inhaling the laughing gas uh that was awesome too because at first when they uh when they were like, do you want some laughing gas? It, it helps people during the cervical checks. And I was like, I put it on my face and I was like, I don't like it. It makes me claustrophobic. I just can't handle that. I don't want that on my face. And then, uh, yeah, the doctor came in and he's like, oh, because like when I was pregnant, I know this is all when I was pregnant. I, just, I live there. That's where I live. But you know what? It doesn't matter how old a woman is. Uh, Sarah's mom is in her late 60s and we we talk about it you know we bro out and like we tell our tales and you never forget like she's she's in her late 60s and it's like it was yesterday she was brought back and there was one point she said uh when she was in labor but she had really hard labor no drugs and she was she had a long labor like I did 40 something hours and uh, she got up out of bed and they asked her where she was going and she said she was going to go throw herself into traffic and she meant it so you never forget lest we forget, you know? Like, where's the, where's the Labor Day? Is that Mother's Day? We get credit for fucking birthing people. And then, and then not only that, but every year on the anniversary of us going through all of that hardship and trauma, we gotta fucking throw somebody a party. Are you kidding me? The fuck? Okay. Where was I? The doula. Right. So when I was pregnant, uh, I had too much room in my womb. Ching! Yeah, where's the fucking rim shot for that one? I had too much room in my womb. I had a uh, an infinity pool, a five-star accommodation, and it's not good. Too much water, then he's not, like, engaged. Like, his head is not locked into my pelvis. He can float about. The cord can come out first. And then you have, like, a clenched-up cord, and you have a retarded baby. And we all know I cannot have a retarded baby because I'm not a good person. I'm not. I mean, okay, yeah, I would have loved that baby. I would have taken care of him, but I just I'm not cut out for it. And actually, if we're telling war stories, and I'm sorry, Courtney, just skip this whole fucking episode or go into the next chapter because you've, you've gone through a lot. You've heard a lot. I'm repeating myself a lot. But these are my getting to know you stories, and they've got to come out. And I'm not even sorry about it, really. I'm fake sorry, but not real sorry. So, right. Now I don't remember what fucking point was. This is the worst podcast in the history of the world. So, oh yeah, I wanted to also tell you about my blood work. I never said anything uh, to anyone outside of my immediate, uh, family and my immediate circle of friends that my blood work came back not very good when I went, because there's the thing you do at 20 weeks, you do a blood test to, like, kind of, it goes over, I I don't really, it's like a genetic thing, they test for, like, different stuff, and my numbers came back high, and my doctor called me, and I was like, no, because they only call when it's bad news, if your test results come back fine, nobody fucking calls you, so I get the call, and I'm like, what, why, why are you calling me, and she's like, oh, your blood work came back a little high, And I was, what, 32 at the time? 
She's like, yeah, your blood work's on par with somebody who's in mm, 37, a 37-year-old range. And I was like, oh, well, that's fucking great. And then I started freaking out. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have a corky. I'm not a good enough person to have a corky. And then I was like, okay, fuck it. You know what? If I have a corky, I'm going to buy him a fucking Argyle sweater, and I'll get him a bow tie, and I'm going to fucking make it work. And I will teach him to read, God damn it. I will teach him to read. But then I did the math and I spoke to the genetic counselor or whatever because they call you because you might have a retarded baby and like, do you want to do an amnio? I was like, holy fuck. No, I don't want to do an amnio because one in 200 kids die. And then what if there's nothing wrong with my kid? Because I did the math and it was like a 99.6 or 7% chance everything was fine. So no, I don't want to kill my baby to find out. Fuck that. So I had that on my back for a long time. And then uh, I was concerned about that. I was worried about it. It was a stressful thing, okay? fucking judge me fuck off uh so there was that so now i'm either gonna have a retarded baby because of genetics or i'm gonna have a retarded baby because the cord presents so now the doctor's like they were gonna cut me open right away and i said to sarah i'm like this is what's gonna happen i'm gonna fully dilate i'm gonna get to 10 i'm gonna push and then they're gonna fucking cut me open anyway and i said that saturday morning they cut me open sunday morning at 11 I fucking told you. I got to 10. I pushed for an hour and a half as hard as I fucking could. Like, super hard. And then we come to find out that Sarah's mom is friends with the nurse The nurse that uh, fucking got an eagle-eye view of my fucking vagina. She was watching me push and all this shit. Her mom, the nurse's mom, and Sarah's mom are, like, best friends. She's like, oh, yeah, she was there. She was the one helping you push. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, do I really need to know that? And then... When I was getting my cervix checked upstairs, one of Sarah's uh, friend's friend, who we have been at parties with together, was there while I'm getting my cervix checks. And I'm just like, Could, do you want to just like stay north of the equator here? She's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then she was down there anyway. I'm like, I fucking asked you not to look at my vagina. Like, I don't want to see you at a party knowing that you've seen my vagina. Like, it's not like it's a fucking, I don't have a Marilyn Monroe vagina. You know what I mean? I have a Joe Pesci vagina. It's not... It's not gorgeous. It's Hervé Villachez. What do you want me to say? It is what it is. God didn't give me much. He didn't give me much at all, actually. I don't have... I don't have looks. My body's ruined. And I'm mean and bitter. Not a good... This is really a fair shake, if you ask me. Right? Am I right? God, I love when you don't answer. It's the fucking best. Because I think I'm right then. Okay. So now you have a basic story about what has happened. What has occurred. I wanted the lights dim... The doula was there. I didn't want the lights on. I feel bad for Sarah because it's like the lights went on only for cervical checks. So then they come in, the cervical checks, right? Back to the laughing gas. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want it. It makes me feel funny. I just, I can't handle having that on my face. It makes me claustrophobic. And I'm doing my little bitch voice because I was acting like a little bitch. So then the doctor's there. He's like, oh, your head's, the head's in a good spot. I'm going to lock it in here and I'm going to break your water. And I'm like, you're going to do what? He's like, I'm going to break your water. And I was like, no, yes, no. And then all of a sudden, Hmm. laughing gas wasn't so bad. And the best thing was, is every time I'd breathe in, I'd do this. Like every time, and you could hear it. The nurses would say that they could tell when I was getting checked because they could hear the laughing gas up and down the hallway every time I'd breathe with that little. That was awesome. Okay, so I completed the laughing gas. They broke my water, and then it proceeded to smell like ammonia and mushrooms. That's all I could smell. And I was very concerned, because I was still walking at that point. I hadn't had my, um, I had a ton of water, right? Keep that in mind, like a ton of water. Like most women have like two centimeters, and I had like 10 centimeters worth of uh, fluid in there. So I kind of had, had a bit of fucking water. So I'm like, okay, 
all right. So I, they broke my water and they put like some kind of thing between your legs. Like they folded up. They, what do they call it? A Japanese fold? Kind of like a, how a sumo wrestler would have a, kind of a, you know, how the sumo wrestlers have that thing between their legs. I don't know what the fuck that is. They're in a fucking G-string and they're 800 pounds. I don't get that either. Are you guys writing down all the things I don't understand and then answer them for me? No? Me neither. What, I could Google it? I don't really give a fuck. I'm gonna have more drink. I'm sorry. I'm just, I need more bacon. I haven't had much pork in the past, like, three minutes. Hang on. Ugh. I don't know if I like it. I think it's too bacony for me. Whew. Mercy. Good thing I'm making some. Okay. So now there's mushroomy, ammonia-y, uh, amniotic fluid everywhere. And I stand up to go to the bathroom and holy shit, did it gush out. Like, I'm not going to say a gallon, but it was at least a liter, like at least a liter. And it didn't fucking stink. So I've got a liter of water on the floor and then the doula had gone to the bathroom and she came back and I was like, stop, stop, everybody stop. We have to clean up this mess right now. And Sarah's like, why don't you go and lay down? She's like, I said, no, we have to clean this up. I'm like, the last fucking thing I want is a goddamn nurse to come in here, slip on my amniotic fluid and break her fucking back. And Sarah was like, okay. Cause she knew at this point there was no debate. Just do what the crazy woman says and we'll all get along. And that's what happened. So the doula saw a lot of weird shit. I made a lot of inappropriate jokes, which I wish I could remember. I just remember all the nurses like, <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm fucking hilarious, but I don't even know. I don't even know how I did it. Like they say that you forget and I don't forget really. I mean, I would do it again if I absolutely had to, like if Sarah was fucking barren as a Sahara, then I would, but I don't really want to do it again. I think I would rather just have one kid in that case, but man, I don't know how people have two kids. I don't know. I don't know. Tanya said that when I first got pregnant, she said she only had one and that was it. She was not fucking doing that again because she's no goddamn fool. It's hard. Hard to have a baby. Okay, so we saw the doula. Anyway, I was embarrassed because I was kind of acting like an asshole and I had been awake for like, I don't know how many days. I didn't sleep Friday night. I didn't sleep Saturday night. And honestly, I didn't sleep Sunday night, Monday night or Tuesday night either because fucking the baby was there and you have to feed him every three hours. Fuck. I'm so glad it's not me this time. Anyway, so she didn't exactly see me at my best. And then uh, she came and visited me the first Tuesday after I gave birth. So I gave birth Sunday. So Monday, ch Tuesday, she came over. And uh, I was a fucking mess. I hadn't showered. I'm wearing pajama pants. I have a shirt with like greasy taco meat on my shirt because I'm trying to eat because the nurse came and she's like, well, you're not healing quite as fast as you should be. But you know what? It's still really early. Make sure you eat lots of protein. And I was like, Sarah, I want taco meat. I'll make taco meat. So she made me taco meat. And of course, I'm a big fat fucking pig. And uh, all over my shirt, stained. So I go to the door. Did I even think to have a fucking shower or change my greasy shirt? No. So she came in and I was like, I, I hadn't slept in like a very, very, very long time. Like a very long time. And she came in and she was holding the baby and she brought me a little gift and I bought her a cake. And I, again, inappropriately, because I was like really drunk at this point. It, like I was so sleep deprived. I was really drunk. I should say that. So I'm like, she was on her way out and I gave her the card with all the cash in it. And do you tip a doula? I don't know if you should. I didn't, but I bought her the cake and the cake was like 30 bucks. But like the fuck, I didn't, I was like, do I have to tip her? I don't know. Is that appropriate? I don't know. No one even tips the fucking mailman anymore. I got to tip a doula. I figure her fee is her fee, right? Now I feel kind of bad that I didn't tip her. Hmm. Okay, so she had seen a lot of things. Now she's at my house. It's Tuesday. I really don't know what the fuck is going on. I have hardly any milk. We're using formula and I'm just like fucking wired and exhausted all at the same time. 
So she comes in, she's like, oh, and she holds my kid. She feeds him the bottle I had. She was really nice, actually. And I swore a blue streak. And I come, to, I had come to know during our, you know, I don't know, 20-something hours together uh, in the delivery room, I asked her about her life. And, you know, I was making polite conversation while I was having contractions and stuff. And uh, I come to know that she goes to church. And she's religious. But she, you know what? These are the religious people we need. This is who we want. People that don't really judge. She didn't care that we were two women. She just knew that we were going to have a family and take good care of them. She didn't judge us. But she's religious. I really like that. So she sits there with me. And I swore, I think, every fourth or fifth word. Like, just out of control. Like, I'm out of control at the best of times. But this was me at my very, very worst. And I just couldn't stop swearing. So I was kind of embarrassed about that. And after she left, I was like, ugh. You know, like my self-talk was like, fuck, like why did I swear so much? She's religious, like I know that. It was just totally unnecessary. And then I made a joke on her way out. I was like, I gave her the box. I'm like, I'm sorry I would have baked you something, but I don't seem to be able to sleep ever. So I bought you this cake. And she's like, oh, thank you very much. I said, it's in the shape of my vagina. The awkward pause that we had exchanged <laughs> was longer than the one I had just done with you. It was long. It was like, Oh God, I was, I was like, ha, 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 I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so sorry. So I was like, okay. And then we're at Target now. Let's all come back to Target. Wonderful exotic Target. And we're by the toys and I've got a scooch Malcolm out, but he's got a one track fucking Thomas mind. And he knew that the Thomas toys were there and he didn't understand why we had walked away from them when all he wants in the world is to play with these Thomas toys. And meanwhile, we are dodging the doula. We're playing Dodge the Doula. But you can't explain these things to a two-year-old. We can't explain awkward social contact, right? And uh, we walked away. I tried to distract him. And then I felt like we had been gone from that section for quite some time. Sarah claims three minutes. I think it was more like five, but I was also trying to distract a two-year-old. So sometimes like a minute feels like an hour, you know, when you're trying to keep them busy. So he's like, oh, I know where the Thomas toys are. And I'm like, you do? yeah let's go and I thought okay we've been away from there a long time which we really hadn't so we go in and I'm sitting he's playing with the Thomas toys and I'm old and fat so I'm sitting on my butt with my heels to my butt and my knees are kind of up like I'm, my knees are at like an you know they're bent with my knees pointing to the ceiling and Sarah comes by and I'm like Sarah 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 we're over here and then the doula comes by right behind her and she kind of keeps walking. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because there was a second there. It was like, ah, she didn't stop. Isn't that wonderful? And then I hear her, her thongs, like not her thongs, her sandals. I don't know what you call those thongs. What do you call those? With just like that one little plasticky knobby thing between your big toe. Anyway, does it matter? There were sandals. And I hear them stop. And then I hear them click against her feet again and she's coming closer. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then there she is. She's like, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, hi. And I'm like, look at that. I'm in the exact same position you left me in. Isn't that funny? That's probably how you recognized me. My, my heels are at my butt <laughs> and my knees are up. No wonder you recognized me. And then came, uh, she's like, how are you guys? And she's like, oh, he's so cute. He looks a lot like you. He's got your coloring, all this stuff. And Sarah's telling her, you know, oh, yeah, people think, pe when people see a picture of him, they tell me, because Sarah is tall and blonde and good looking, and I am short and rotund and brown and olive-skinned. I look like olive oil, but fat, I guess. 
And uh, they always tell Sarah that he looks just like her, which is kind of like, I think it's just a thing people say. Anyway, so here's like, we're just chit chatting and she's asking all the questions and we're doing all the answering. And, and I was like, well, who knows? Maybe we'll need your services uh, in maybe somewhere between 10 and 15 months or however the fuck it long takes, how long it takes to get Sarah pregnant. And uh, she's like, oh, that's great. And what are you guys doing for the summer? And like, I am the worst person in the world to talk to. Number one, I have conversational ADD. I don't know if you fucking noticed that, how I jump from one subject to the next. I don't change much in person, uh, except, uh, you know, I don't really know how to make eye contact or I make too much eye contact or I don't make any eye contact. I'm just like a terrible fucking person to talk to. And, and if you say something that triggers something in my brain, like a memory or something, I'll just start talking about that and interrupt you and ignore whatever it was we were talking about in the first place, the first conversation that we never finished. It's pretty much like this show, except not one-sided, except it is one-sided because I take over all the conversations because I can't handle an awkward silence. Yeah, I'm not much fun to talk to. So we're doing all the all the talking and she's doing all the question asking. And then finally she's just like, oh, well, we're going to Branson, Missouri or whatever. They have a big... I don't know, amusement park. And where does my brain go? Oh, the Duggars were there. Didn't the Duggars go there? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I love that show. And I was like, yeah, you're a Jesus lover. Of course you love that show. Why do I love that show? I don't know. I have a problem. I watch shitty fucking terrible TV. So, yeah. What's the lesson to be learned here? The lesson to be learned here is uh, hide from your doula. And if that means you have to clamp your hand over your child's mouth and drag him to the car, you do that. If you have to leave the groceries behind, you do that. Run from your doula. Run fast and far. I'm just kidding. What I need to work on is fucking conversation skills. It didn't occur to me to ask her any questions because I was just like, I'm just dumb like that. I'll just like keep talking about myself, not because I'm a selfish person, but because I'm just dumb and I don't know, I don't want to pry into other people's lives, but it's like, you know, you have to have a conversation, not just like a monologue. Like my life isn't a podcast. It's like a you know, it's supposed to be polite in polite society, but I don't know how. Anyway, so I've talked for 20 some odd minutes about myself again. I don't, you know, how are you? What's new with you? What's your birth story like? What's it like being the man in the delivery room? Are you scared of your wives? I really hope, I know this is so selfish, but that's what I do and that's who I am. I hope that Sarah gets pregnant quickly and uh, I really hope she gets a vaginal birth because if she gets a vaginal birth... In a way, I'll get a vaginal birth vicariously through her. I really hope she, I really hope she does. She's just so tough. Like I just, I just think she's like the strongest person I know. Like just physically, her back hurts all the time. She's in like chronic pain. So I like if she can handle that, and she can have drugs. Why not take all the fucking drugs you want? You don't have to be a hero. You don't have to go natural. Oh, I just I imagine that moment sometimes of her giving birth and what that's gonna feel like. You know, like, I really hope she has a vaginal birth because I imagine it sometimes and I imagine them putting the baby on her chest and I just sit there and I kind of get welled up a little bit because I just, it's going to be such a beautiful moment when it happens. Just meeting that little person. I love you. Where's my period? I think I'm going to bleed. What is going on with me? I have too many hormones. Okay, let's hear from Daryl. I think Daryl has some stuff to say. I listened to a little bit of it. I like his voice. I think he's very funny on Facebook. He's got a good quip. He's a very quippy guy, so let's hear what he has to say, okay? Yeah, I know. I'm excited about it, too. I know. I'm fucking sick of me talking. Just fucking hang on. Don't get me fucking mad. Hang on. Stop swearing. Four virgins decide to go on a double date after being the honor guard for their senior class. 
at the age of 17. We were obviously virgins because we were the honor guard, and I was one of them. And so we double dated, me, my friend Eric, and two girls, went and had pizza, and then after that, there's roughly nothing to do in the late 70s in East Kentucky except park. Fortunately, Eric had a nice old Chevy Malibu or some such car that had large bench seats. So he had the front seat, I had the back seat, and the lady I was with was a red-headed girl who was even less experienced than I was at parking. And, you know, so uh, one, one thing that uh, happened with this particular girl is I, I continued to date her a little while later, but for some reason I was never completely into her. Uh, and I think now upon reflection, it was the fact that I am found out I'm very Irish, and uh, even though my current wife and I are dark-haired, both of our children are redheads, so I think somehow my genetic code was telling me, don't marry this ginger because your kids will be translucent. So... <laughs> So uh, I never really got into her big time, but she was a nice girl, and we dated for a while. But this this was our first outing, and we're in the back seat, and we're kissing, and it was kind of unfortunate because she obviously had never French kissed before. So I introduced her to that, and when I went back in for another kiss... She hadn't quite gotten the rhythm of touching lips, opening lips, then touching tongues. Uh, I looked down, and there she is with her mouth open and her tongue out, which was a little bit of a turnoff, but it's not going to stop a 17-year-old boy. She was into it. We kissed. There was some petting. Um, I wasn't in a big hurry to go much further, being our first date and all. Um, but apparently my friend in the front seat was moving a little faster than I was. So, we're going along. I think there's some meatloaf on the radio or whatever. And, and all at once, Eric jumps up and was like, You've got hairy nipples! You've got hairy nipples! And... That pretty much put the kibosh on the whole rest of the night for everybody. And so that was my question to you was, have you ever encountered hairy nipples in your dating scene? And uh, I haven't, but I was hairy nipple adjacent. So uh, I'd like to point, leave that with you to discuss and maybe send you some more tales from dating pasts in the future. Thanks for listening. Bye.
right, great, let's talk, let's talk. We've got a lot to talk about here. This has brought up a lot of stuff in my life. First of all, I didn't know what the honor guard was. I don't know if that's an American thing, but it's, uh, I looked up Wikipedia, which is very accurate, actually. Anyone can edit it, but it's very accurate. So an honor guard or ceremonial guard is a, is a, meh, 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 fuck off. I can't read. Fuck you. Go listen to Bill Burr. He's worse. An honor guard or ceremonial guard is a ceremonial unit, usually in military in nature and composed of volunteers who are carefully screened for their physical ability and dexterity. I think that means finger banging. I'm not 110% sure, but I think that means finger banging. Okay, let's talk. Daryl, listen, let's talk. I like this segment. It was good. Okay, so I know what you mean about dating somebody that makes you feel kind of weird. Like that ginger kind of made you feel a little weird. You're a little bit Irish and it maybe was too close to home, a little bit too much like a relative of yours, perhaps. And I know that feeling. I know that feeling, sir. Let me tell you all about it. I haven't dated a lot of women, uh, but the ones I have dated have stolen years from my life. Stolen them. Years. Uh, so the one girl I dated... Um, when we first met, I was hammered out of my fucking face. And honestly, I didn't remember what she looked like. Cause like we were at a gay bar. There were never any attractive women at gay bars. They all look like, I, like in a gay bar. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not hideously ugly. Like I am in real life. Like in a gay bar at the time I was relatively thin. I had long hair. Uh, I wasn't, I was okay. You know, not terrible. But some of these women are just really butchy, and that's just not my type. And that's cool if you're down with that. You want to, you know, run your hands through some woman's brush cut. That's fucking up to you. Go ahead. It's a whole butch femme dynamic there. Problem being, there is a huge shortage of femmes. Huge. Phenomenal. There are not many to go around. And the ones that do go around, unfortunately, like in the case with this girl, there was one point where we had been in the bar and she'd gone through a bit of a phase where she wanted to explore her sexuality with mm, eight or ten people in the bar at any given time. So we did a tally once. I think she had slept with eight people or women, maybe a couple guys. I don't really remember. Probably a couple guys, though. I mean, whatever, right? I'm not all anti-bisexual anymore. I'm trying not to be, even though I find them fucking irritating. But whatever. Everybody's entitled to fuck whoever and whatever they want. I'm not going to say anything about it. So when we had first met, I didn't remember what she looked like at all. And I had gotten her phone number and I had called her and I knew that I liked her and I knew that she was short, which I like, and she was shapely, which I like. She had a little narrow waist, huge jugs and nice hips. Sold. But I couldn't fucking pick her out of a lineup. If you would have given me a million dollars, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So when we had first met, she had dyed blonde hair and she had like one of those clips that you clip to the back of your hair that makes you look like you've got really long hair, like a what do you call, like a hair extension. It was like a ponytail hair extension that you clip to your ponytail. So she had dyed blonde hair and blonde um, extensions, right? So that's how she looked when we first started dating. And then as the time progressed, like dyeing your hair blonde like that fucking ruins it. So she got to the stage where she's like, okay, I want to go brown again. And then she dyed her hair brown, and everywhere I took her, people said, oh, is that your sister? And it was, like, the biggest turnoff ever. Like, my coworkers would be like, oh, is that your sister? It's like, oh, no. And it, like, fucking, it did something to my brain. It's like, it just, it creeped me out. I was just like, fuck, like, people think we're related. Because we started to look a lot alike, right? Like, we were sharing clothes now. We had both gained weight because we were in a monogamous lesbian relationship. And what goes on in monogamous relationships happiness and food so we're all fat and happy and we started to look exactly the same she's wearing my clothes and i'm wearing her clothes and it's just like what's going on here like we're the same fucking person i can't even handle it anymore so then the, like 
things started to wane. And then after her, I dated a ginger that looked like nothing like me. There is no fucking way. And that, I think that's my natural type is someone who's fair skinned, kind of translucent, like you said, and uh, just really pale, like fair hair, fair eyes. That gets me going more than anything because I don't want to date someone that fucking looks like me. I hate myself. I can't stand me. Or how I look. Ugh, hideous. And then it brings about, like, ugh, you just, gross. I just, that was the last fucking dark-haired person I dated. And, uh, this ginger was crazy. I'm telling you right now. She was, uh, she was pretty much a virgin when I met her. I think she had two one-night stands, which is very unusual. And she's not that kind of girl. I think she was just really, like, shy. You know? Like, she didn't really put herself out there much. So I think just, you, I, I at a certain age, like when you're 18 or 19, you kind of just want to get it fucking over with. So she had like one, one night stand and then drunk again, another one, like she had never had an orgasm. She'd never really kissed. Like, I think they just kind of were not very good situations for her. I think she was maybe more taken advantage of than she let on, but she wasn't exactly an unwilling participant, but I don't think those guys were very concerned about her enjoyment. I'm trying to put it nicely. They were kind of just like pump and dump experiences right so when we hooked up she hadn't really kissed she didn't really know what she liked or how she liked it she hadn't had an orgasm with another person and there's something about that situation that I really like it's kind of uh there's just so many new things to try that they she hadn't done before so I went from a girl who had had a lot of experience and maybe not a lot of orgasms with other partners but there's not much she hadn't done before which is cool I mean I'm not trying to say anything about having experience sexually it's not a bad thing or anything but it was just a cool uh interesting kind of like super it was like a crazy turn on that she hadn't done anything yet and I was like you know I was breaking new ground I was putting my flag up it was like holy fucking man she could man could she orgasm all like forever forever she ended up being able to squirt like at the end of it too and like I found some spot and you know I don't know how girls take it Although I think squirting is a little bit different than a male ejaculate, although I don't know what that's like, but oh man, it's like you drown in it. It would just, it would just like hit the back of your throat, like a, like a steady stream. And I don't really know anything about male ejaculate, but it's like, you have to, I had to like really try not to choke and man, it did not taste good. It did not smell good. Like her, are we going to get gross here? Are we going to get down and dirty here? I think we're gonna, uh, she, she tasted like nothing. Like, I think what everyone wants a vagina is like nothing. <laughs> everyone wants to taste nothing when they're nose deep in a vagina. That's all you want in life. Just, just no taste, you know? Right? Am I right? You want nothing. And then you just kind of, and you know what? Even if she smells bad, what does it fucking matter? 10 licks. You're in there. Licked it clean. Good to go. I'm disgusting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But this is where it's gone, right? We're talking about gingers and we're going to talk about nipple hair in about two seconds here. Uh, so there's that. And uh, I really enjoyed being the first one to conquer every inch of her body. I don't know what it was. I think it's just that I was brought up with in like a Catholic uh, home where it was like, girls should be virgins and you better not you better be a virgin when you get married like my aunt is like oh are you gonna wear a white dress at your wedding when I was like 17 and I was just like yeah it's gonna be white it's gonna be so white like what a way to ask me if I'm a fucking virgin or not like what do you expect me to say oh no I fucked the shit out of tons of guys tons of them all different I don't even know half their names it was fucking crazy 
seven guys in one night, you fucking bitch. Like, mind your own goddamn business. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's going to be white. It's going to be so white you're going to need sunglasses, okay? Yeah, throttle down. Anyway, I don't know I'm so mad. I don't even, that was all lies. So there's that. So we got Ginger and, uh, yeah. Anyway, she was a bad kisser too. I had to, I had to, you know, coach her in a very sexy way. It was a very sexy coach, but she ended up being a very good kisser. People just need to be trained. Like communication is nine tenths of the law. That's how that goes, right? That's that saying, right? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. And hairy nipples, you know what? I've dated all kinds of girls, but not very many of them. And we won't really talk. I'm going to allude like it's a lot. Really, all these stories are just probably just a few. Like, really, I'm hiding it that they're all <laughs> they're all the same person. Oh, there's a couple. <clears throat> okay, not very many people. Shameful. I was single for a month. Sarah dumped me for a month when we first started Return to Sender. She dumped me. And I could have slept with a really unattractive girl, but my heart wasn't in it. But I could have. But why? You know, I'd rather have no pussy than someone I... Ugh. I don't know. How do you sleep with someone you're not really attracted to? I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. Because I couldn't. Well, I could have, but I didn't want to. I did shave my legs, though, so I had my intentions were to get some that night, but I, I didn't. I couldn't do it. I was so hung up on Sarah, I just couldn't do it. I was heartbroken. <sighs> that was the best diet I'd ever been on. I keep telling her to dump me again because I need to lose, like, fucking 50 pounds, but... She said, no, we have a child together. We're practically married. Womp. Right, so nipple hair. Okay, let's talk nipple hair. So I've dated really fair girls, and I've dated a darker darker skinned girl and you know what nipple hair is just it's out there okay I have three nipple hairs I tweeze them it's okay I'm Italian I'm not ashamed of it things could be so much worse I could have back hair I could have hair on my ass on my ass cheeks I dated a girl once that had a once yeah all these girls they're all the same fucking girl but she had like like not hair in her ass crack she had hair like on her ass cheeks like a man like a man. Ugh, I did not sign up for that. But you know, you grow to love somebody and it doesn't matter if they have hair on their ass and that they shaved it to trick you into this fucking like year-long relationship. And then they stop shaving it and it's like, oh, what happened there? How does that happen? How does that grow there? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. So yeah, nipple hair. I guess I could see how that would, how that would weird you out or whatever. But I'm kind of like a savage animal. And if a chick's got nice nipples, I don't really care what's around it. I just want that nipple in my mouth. But I guess if you were a guy and you were straight, that would kind of make you feel weird because it's like kind of like manly. How much hair are we talking about here though? Are we talking about three hairs? Or are we talking about like 150 hairs? Is it like everywhere? I don't know. Could you? Why didn't you take a peek? You could have looked over the front seat there like that. You could have been like, what? And then brought out a flashlight and taken a look. Did you look? Did you date her next? Hmm. I guarantee you that girl was fucking mortified and she's probably killed herself. She's probably at the bottom of the sea right now. Like cement blocks to her feet. Mortifying. Whatever happened to her? Did she kill herself? She must have. He must have told everybody in the school, right? And like, okay, I shaved my legs to go to the bar. You telling me she couldn't tweeze her nipple hairs before she went out on a date? Didn't she think she, like, if there comes that time where you make that decision, you're sitting there, well, you're laying there with probably your legs spread and your, your buttons are getting unbuttoned. Now, at some point, do you not stop and think, okay, I have a tremendous amount of nipple hair. Maybe I shouldn't let him undo my shirt. No. Did she think it was normal? I don't know. Like, what is her thought process here? Not that I'm trying to blame the victim here or whatever. Or is he the victim? I think she's the victim. 
maybe he is. I don't know. So the point being, she made that decision to let him in. And uh, she really should have thought ahead. Like she knew they were there. She must have known they were there and that that's not, that's not normal, right? Anyway, but I can't believe it. he could have fucked her. And he made the choice to like get freaked out by nipple hair. I'd be like, I'd be fucking her anyway. I don't care. I would. Like if I was a man or even fucking as a lesbian, I don't give a shit. Except it's really different because I wouldn't be getting any satisfaction. Like I wouldn't grab, ugh, anyway, I don't want to get into this. I honestly, I would have muff dived that girl. I would have, I fucking would have. Nipple hair be damned. I don't give a shit. Who fucking cares? You can always tweeze that shit. If she has a nice rack, who fucking cares? Motorboat that fucking shit till I get hair stuck in my teeth. Okay, um, we've got one more segment. Fuck, 40 minutes. God, I'll never fucking shut up. Okay, here's one more segment. I'm gonna let you listen to it and then we'll talk about it after because I haven't heard it yet. We'll listen together. Focus on the family, Sandra. This is Rainbow Bright. And I am contacting you today to tell you that I absolutely love the Stitcher format of your new podcast. It is fantastic. The fact is, I simply cannot tolerate Apple or Apple byproducts. Apple products have a strange effect on me that begins with a tingling sensation in my forehead and develops into a throbbing and painful headache, followed by fits of dramatic rage. Eventually, I wake up in a pool of blood somewhere in the city, not knowing where I am, with viscera and dangling iPods from my jagged, enraged teeth and maw. So I'm really loving this Stitcher thing. However, upon conclusion of the Change of Address podcast, the immediate podcast that starts playing thereafter is the Focus on Family podcast. Focus on Family is a anti-gay Christian organization of the most right-wing variety. They are in support of the Defense of Marriage Act and are likely in all likelihood trying to piggyback off of gay podcasts to spread their propaganda. If there is any way that you can adjust your settings or change things, maybe just a little, so that those types of podcasts don't piggyback off of yours and you actually have some podcasts like maybe the 40-year-old boy come up as suggested podcasts on playing yours, I would like to not get blasted with complete anti-gay nonsense and lots of Jesus upon finishing your show. In other news, matching lesbian engagement rings. Seeing that Tails is now engaged, I would like to take the opportunity to ask both Tails and Sandra what they think of this lesbian phenomenon. Should engagement rings for two girls match? Or is that just, you know, kind of creepy? I just wanted to know, you know, what your thoughts were or if you were on the bandwagon. For that sort of thing, I mean. Hello? Hello? This is Rainbow Bright, the real Rainbow Bright. 
I'm not quite sure who the other person was before me, but this is the real Rainbow Bright. I've been stuck in a library for the last three years chained to my desk, and it seems like in the meantime a few imposters have popped up. In all seriousness though, I just knew that some of Sandra's listeners were also Welcome to Night Vale fans, so I thought I would record this in that particular style. Um, I hope someone got the reference. In any event, I wanted to say thank you to Sandra. Um, I've been a longtime listener of the show, and it's great to see that change of address has been frequent and a wonderful adaptation of the former Return to Sender podcast. Uh, Sandra, you have created an amazingly positive space for women, and I hope you realize fully what you've done here and how amazing it is. You have women who come together to talk about sexual and physical abuse, homelessness, drug addiction, and you've talked about your struggle with going through the creation of a family as a gay woman in today's society and all the steps you had to take to do that. And in a society where one out of two women is either physically or sexually assaulted during their life, I think that's a pretty amazing thing that you've created a positive space where people feel safe to gather and share their stories. I know we have some amazing men in the audience as well who support women's rights and enjoy listening to this podcast. Um, But I don't know. I think it's really amazing. And I just wanted to say thanks. Thank you. Thank you. God, that was great. I really like that. Welcome to Night Vale's part. That was pretty funny. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. Look, okay. I think my favorite part of Return to Sender was like all the people that were willing to contribute. And it's scary to do that. It's a scary thing to sit down and speak into a microphone and you feel really stupid. Because I remember when we first started that show, I felt really stupid. I had to drink, which I'm doing right now, but only because it's bacon flavored. But like when I started this show, it was really weird and really awkward. And I think the best advice I got was from Balloon Knot Scott, which I don't really know if he likes that nickname. I don't even really know if he listens to the show. I kind of don't think he does because who can stand that much me? But the best advice I got uh, when I started this show is don't make the first episode about how Return to Sender ended. And I think that was solid advice because I'm not going to lie to you. I was really uh, angry when that ended. I really felt impotent. I felt like my legs were kicked out from under me and I was really upset. So I did talk about it a little bit in the first episode because I felt that people deserve some kind of explanation, even if the explanation was no explanation. Uh, So I did do that, but I'm glad I did it that way. And I'm really glad Scott advised me not to trash talk or react out of anger, which I'm really good at doing. So, but anyway, the point being that uh, what I liked about that show was that people could kind of use our platform to express themselves. And I liked it. It's cool. It's like we're all kind of just assholes having adventures in our own individual lives and we can come together and share those things and talk about it. And I really think that when Rose submitted that rape story or her story about what happened to her, it was a huge deal. And I think that struck a chord with a lot of people because like you said, lots of women are either are victims of sexual abuse, whether that's like rape or molestation or whatever. We're just, we're just victims. And she struck out and she said no, and she called him on it. And I think that was a huge deal. And I think, I hope that made her feel empowered that, you know, he should realize that you can't, you can't do that. It's not allowed. And I'm going to make sure to tell my son that no means no. And it's not an opportunity to negotiate. It means no. And if she has hairy nipples, you fucking just 
settle down and you get in there and you do what needs to be done and don't make her feel weird about her body. It's her body. That's what she got stuck with, okay? So, whatever. And then on the next date, you bring tweezers and tweeze it yourself if you fucking have to. Don't, don't make her feel bad. Okay. So I liked that. That was nice. I like all of you guys contributing. And you know what? Daryl's contributing too now. I really like it. It makes me feel like we're kind of like a little community. And I am racist. And I'm kind of sexist too. I'm a bit of a fucking, like, what do you call that? Misogynist? Am I a misogynist? I don't know. I'm a, I can be like kind of a straight guy in a lot of weird ways. So whatever. We'll grow and learn together. I don't fucking know. Where? God, I'll just keep repeating myself. I'm so irritated with myself right now. Okay. So, uh, the engagement rings, um, I, I think I'm going to have to go some kind of diamond ring for Sarah. Like I am a very plain Jane girl, but I have like this gold necklace. Can you hear it? That my mom gave me when I turned 16. So it's got a little cross on it, which has no religious meaning to me whatsoever. I just like it because she had it when she first came to Canada. I think her mom gave it to her or something when she turned 18 and she gave it to me when I turned 16. So it has a lot of, um, sentimental value but no really religious thing plus you know if you don't if you're italian and you don't have a gold cross you are not getting into heaven if there is a heaven okay saint peter's gonna turn you the other way and if i can pull some strings and get one of you or two or you guys into heaven i will because i've got the gold cross so i'm in so i would like just a plain gold band i'm not fancy i don't need a diamond i don't want one i'd never wear one but i think sarah has expressed in the past and actually very recently she's been asking if I'm ever going to make her an honest woman but I feel she's kind of upstairs and I hope she's not listening but I would like to be kind of old-fashioned in the sense that I would take the male role I guess and I think she wants to be proposed to I don't think she wants to do the proposing so someday I just now we have no fucking money and we have to spend whatever money we do have that we don't have on conceiving another child so it's going to be hard to get a ring and she's like I don't even need like a real ring We'll get a fake zirconia. And then in 30 years, when our kids have hopefully moved out of the house, we can get a real diamond. I think she just really would like to seal the deal. So I better put a ring on it before she realizes that she's too good for me. Fuck her. Yeah, she is too good for me, but I'll never say that out loud to her. Fuck that. I've got confidence. I've got bacon-flavored vodka confidence. Okay. Oh, and another thing I want to talk to you guys about is um, I'm going to be on a show called uh, Lesby Mommies radio it's called lesbi mommy's radio so i'm searching around oh and stitcher i was looking on stitcher for lesbian uh, content and i stumbled on this lesbi mommy show and it's about this woman elizabeth and her spouse they're trying to conceive they're going through pretty much the same channels that we did right um and she has all kinds of people on her show she has had doulas she had a yoga lady she had a lady who shared her experience about going through sperm banks and stuff like that and I wrote her and I said I really enjoyed her show and it was like a good like uh a lot of information she had all different kinds of people it's a little granola for me most times but I get it you know I get the gist of it I really like the shows where they kind of had the women that were going through sperm banks and like the whole weird process of it so I'm going to be on her show come August sometime she's going to have me on because I told her my story very briefly and I said here's the um I gave her what episode was it where I went to the states to buy sperm for the first time loading zone it was called loading zone I said if you can make it through this one let me know and then she's like oh okay well I have to have you on the show your story is crazy like um I'd be really interested in having someone like you on. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to be on that long fucking story, short, short, long story, long, short story. Shut up. I'm tired. I haven't eaten yet. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> and Stitcher, as far as Stitcher goes, I know you can do, uh, when 
this awful focus on the family show comes on you can do like a thumbs down and like there's an option there's a thumbs up and a thumbs down on the bottom of your screen and you can click the thumbs down if you don't like it and hopefully it won't come back again but my problem is i think i have us classified or this show classified as uh kids and family because i don't really know i wish there was an lgbt option because that's what i'd really like to do and that's why i put the lesbian comedy podcast on the tail end of the title of the show because I'm hoping, because when I, I, I look for new podcasts, I search lesbian comedy. And that's how I try to find stuff that I'm interested in. That's how I found the Lesbian Lounge, is by doing that. So I thought, if I attach that to the title of the show, when they search that, they'll see mine. And hopefully they'll look at the rainbow with the mailbox and and one in. So maybe I'll, I can change it to just comedy and maybe it won't come up so much. Yeah, I wish the 40-year-old boy would come on after. But uh, I don't know. I don't like Focus on the Family. I don't like anything about them. They're the bad religious people. They're the ones you don't want around. Fuck did I talk a lot. Holy shit. It's been an hour. Not cool. But I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to go get my last happy booster for the next six months on Thursday. Man, did we spend a lot. Passports and these shots. It came to almost $1,000. Oh, that's a lot of baby money. But Sarah's brother's getting married at the end of the month. And Sarah's parents are paying for all of us to go to a five-star Mexican resort. Yes, 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 in July. But I'm going to be so drunk, it won't even matter. Can you parent drunk? We're going to find out. All right, that's it for me. I've got to go eat something. I've had a lot of bacon vodka and I'm hungry. On an empty stomach, that's not cool. That's why I talk so fucking much. Okay, so we're going to Mexico. Yes, check. Bring in the microphone. Check. I hope no dirty fucking wetback tries to steal it out of my suitcase, son of a fucking bitch but i'll bring it because it's right at the end of july and the beginning of august so who knows i might use all my bandwidth down there in the beginning of august mm, maybe okay sandra d sanchez on twitter and facebook change of address facebook page you can like that uh what else i think that's it oh you can leave a review on itunes it'd be really nice i really appreciate it i look every day and i get excited that maybe just maybe somebody i don't know has left a nice written review for me maybe just maybe. Why don't you? I see the numbers. I know what countries you're in. I don't know why you just can't do that. Like, is that hard? Is it really difficult for you to remember dirty, sweaty Sanchez when you're sitting on the toilet, looking at your phone, doing nothing? Can you not utilize that time a little bit better, please, for your old pal? I've shared a lot with you. We've had some good times. We've had some really good times. Okay, I don't know. I don't think I have any more Malcolm stuff, but I did find a really awesome song and I don't really remember where I got it and it came up on my music playlist totally randomly. So I'm going to let you listen to it and see if you don't hum it all day long. I love you guys. I love you. I love sharing my life with you. Will you do me the honor of being my wife? <laughs>
Okay, who? 